Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. And welcome to One on One, a Door County Pulse interview series. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Aaliyah Kidd, Lifestyle Editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How are you, Aaliyah? Doing great on a Monday. Our guest this week is Steve Johnson, owner of Door 44 Winery. How are you doing, Steve? Very good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're glad to have you in. Uh, so, Steve, you've got a really interesting story when it comes to wine in Door County. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself currently, and then we'll, we'll walk back and we'll go through the whole history of everything. Sure. Well, we started out with Parallel 44 back in May of 07. And then after about six years, we opened up Door 44 just north of Sturgeon Bay. And now we're six years later, sort of really relocating Door 44 to an existing vineyard, building a brand new facility. But how it really began, I guess I'd like to say it goes back to our honeymoon. Uh, Maria and I were in Napa Valley back in 94. And uh, we were at uh, the Coppola Vineyard Winery. And uh, we were in law school, couldn't afford a lot of expensive wine, but we found the inexpensive bottle of wine in the tasting room and a baguette. We walked out in the middle of the vineyard and we both looked up at the sky and said, why not Wisconsin? So we didn't really know what we were getting into at the time, but it was something that uh, we felt compelled to do. And so about a you know a decade later, we had our first uh, vineyarded winery and here we are um, actually 13 years after the first of Parallel 44 that we have this new location here in Door 44. So you weren't you weren't in wine when you were younger. You and your wife were both lawyers or attorneys, right? That's correct. We have a little bit of wine in our blood. From uh, her father came from Italy, and so in their garage, he and his friends would get together and make wine. And then my father grew grapes in the backyard and would make wine too. So we had it for family celebrations. We kind of understood the process, but we didn't have any of the technical skill that you would typically associate with when you start a vineyard and winery. So you asked, why not Wisconsin? Why not Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, the more people heard me talk about this, the more it sounded crazy to them. But that sort of just fueled my fire because I think um, there is great potential for this area. And at the time, like I said, we didn't know much about uh, grape growing or winemaking. But as we studied it more and more, we realized the unlimited potential of this area. So the um, sort of the laughter that we heard when we said we were going to do this just sort of fueled the fire. and, And here we are today. So what are your ties to Door County? Where were you before and, and why did you decide to come up here? Right. So I grew up in De Pere. Uh, Maria grew up in Stevens Point. And then we came back up here after law school and, and practiced law for a while. And then at the age of, uh, let's see, I was in my late 30s, uh, we decided with three kids under the age of three, we we're going to start a vineyard and winery. And we started in Kiwani County as we resided in Green Bay at the time. And uh, it was the perfect spot for viticulture. Uh, based on uh, the geographic uh, location, our uh, geology, our climate, proximity to the lake. And so that was very successful. Uh, But we knew that most of the wine tourism in the state was occurring in Door County. So that was our desire then to to kind of reach a greater number of people. And hence, we ended up with Door 44. 
So what are what are some of the challenges with wine in Door County, but in Wisconsin in general? Yeah, the the irony of it is is that uh, when people think of Wisconsin, they think of beer, they think of cold weather. It's not wine is not the first thought that comes to your mind, but people are surprised to learn from April through October, this line of latitude here around the forty fifth parallel has identical uh, weather conditions as Bordeaux and Tuscany, which are the premium wines of the world. So if you could plant varietals that survive our winter, you have the perfect world-class ingredients here for wine country. And uh, part of the irony of this also is that there's a Wisconsin dairy farmer by the name of Elmer Swanson who is primarily responsible for any kind of viticulture in the upper Midwest. And he discovered that uh, if you found the right varietals, this was the perfect condition for grape growing. And through his work, uh, basically grape breeding, taking wild pollen, wild grape pollen with the world-class varietals that we're all familiar with, Cabernet, Chardonnay, Merlot, we ended up with the varietals that are now being planted in this part of the world. Tell me about the first couple of years. So what was it like when you first started digging in and, and getting into wine? Yeah, you know, this is a perfect example of where ignorance is bliss because if you knew of every challenge that was going to come across your path, you'd be like, ah, there might be a better venture to get into. But as we've done this, we've learned a great amount. Uh, but the thing about grape growing and winemaking is that you never stop learning. So that's part of what drives us every day is that there's this, this great uh, ability for us to continue to learn about what we're doing. And that, by nature, really kind of inspires me, instills me to do this more. You find more and more interest uh, across the state and really across the upper Midwest and the northeastern part of the country to do this because... That's part of the fun of this. This is part art, part science, part intuition, a lot of sharing of information. So the more growers, the more winemakers that we can get to this part of the world, the faster the reputation of this area will, will gain. Your wines use only grapes grown here, correct? Correct. Right, which is different from a lot of other wineries as well. It, who It's very easy to import grapes, but I, I thought it was very interesting that you didn't want to do this unless you had the grapes from Wisconsin. Yeah, I guess I'm a bit of a purist. Um, to me, wine is the ultimate regional product. And uh, wine is so expressive of the soils and the climate that uh, they're grown in. And uh, I always like to say, because we're both growing and making wine, that you really don't make wine as much as you grow wine. So to continue that, that philosophy, to acknowledge the fact that almost every wine store is set up in a regional sort of uh, dimension, that just sort of brings home the point that wine is one of those products that you have to really demonstrate to people its uniqueness based on the area where that, that wine is grown and made. So I know it is a lot more work to do it this way. It's more expensive to do it this way. But as I say to many people, I love the tourism of this area in terms of the attention it draws to us. But my goal is to have these types of wines available to people who never even intend to go to Door County. Well, and I think that there's a, a level of authenticity there that's cool too, because everybody likes to bring things home with them when they when they come yes. up for vacation up here. So to be able to say like, oh, this is not only a wine that I bought in Door County, but it was made there and the grapes were grown there, right. that, that, you know, there's a really cool element to that. Are there challenges to using only the grapes that you grow here, or is it something that allows you to be more creative with the types of wine you're making? I would say both. Um, it is challenging, there's no doubt. You know, just like with any wine region, there are difficult years, whether it's not enough warmth, too much rain, um, things of that nature, uh, frost incidents. That's our biggest concern in terms of a weather perspective, the frost that we get in May. But it also lends us a great opportunity to make wines that are not out there. 
the wines that are being made from these varietals are really unknown to most competition judges, but they're awarding them gold medals, platinum medals. So even though they're unfamiliar with these varietals, they love the flavor profile. They have great food pairing potential. So um, the hurdles uh, don't seem as big when you know that the wine is being appreciated. Tell me a little bit about the, the wine that you guys make. What inspires it and what types do you offer? Yeah, like I say, you really don't make wine as much as you grow it. So as we've done this now for going on to our 13th year, we've learned what varietals seem to give us the most expressive types of wines, whether it's an aromatic expression, uh, the crispness that we're looking for. So what we really focus in on is finding the, the right varietal for the particular situation that we're in. So being near the lake here, we're looking for varietals that can ripen a little bit quicker. Uh, and then we tend to make a wine that's a little more expressive in terms of aromatics. When a grape is slightly underripe, you get a more aromatic component. You get a nice crisp backbone to that wine, which gives it great aging potential and food pairing potential. So my philosophy is really to let the grape be itself as a wine. Uh, you cannot take a Marquette grape and make a wine that's a deep, bold Cabernet. Um, but you can make an incredibly aromatic lacrescent that's slightly underripe because of the cool climate that it grows in. And that cannot be duplicated in California or any other part of the world. So um, rather than trying to mimic another part, we're just trying to say, this is what we grow. This is what it smells like, it tastes like, and let it shine that way. I know you'd mentioned we're kind of still looking for that poster child of a wine because yeah. we want to become known, Wisconsin known for a specific variety. And like you said, there's still some education happening around what those varieties are because they have to be those hardy grapes and they have to survive the, the cold winters and cold springs. Yes. So it's, um, it certainly can be doable as long as we get more and more wine growers and winemakers here, because even if you go to the most well-renowned wine regions of the world, the winemakers and the wine growers still get together very, very frequently to figure out what they can do differently. So the more of a critical mass that we can get involved in this entity, the faster our reputation will grow, the faster public awareness will be of these wines. So we're looking for people to, to join us in this venture. And hopefully the vineyard and winery in Door 44 will, will really kind of bring to light this possibility and, and get more people on board. Well, it sounds like you're a big advocate for the wine community up here in Door County. Yes. Tell me a little bit about the community that's already here. What is it like to be in that fabric? Yeah, it's, it's great because we all sort of have a different dimension and look to our business model. But in the end, as with any other wine region, what you're trying to offer people is a regionally distinctive product and in an environment and an experience that is something that people can remember. Because in the end, you can go to the grocery store and get a really decent bottle of wine for a good price. But as a winery per se, you're trying to create an experience that people connect to you uh, based on that experience. And that can be anything from the conversation that you have at the tasting bar to the setting in which you're enjoying the wine to the food that you're having it with. And so I think each one of us as wineries here in Door County, we have a different offering to give to people. So to take the Door County Wine Trail, which we're on, is really a great experience to get that full spectrum of what we have and um, create a memory. Because in the end, you know, it is just fermented grape juice but it tends to be a product that you enjoy more than just as a beverage. 
Well, and you brought up the Door County Wine Trail, and I want to talk a little bit about that, too. It seems that the wineries up here cooperate with each other in a way that you don't necessarily see with, like, retail in Door County or restaurants or that kind of thing. Uh, is that is that something special to have that that physical unity that you guys have in terms of the, the wine trail? Uh, it, it may be stronger than it would be in other regions, but um, the reason I think it, it makes sense um, logically is that because the more attention you can draw to an area, the more everyone is going to benefit from that. And the thing about wine is that uh, we can all make wine from, say, the Marquette grape, or we could all make wine from cherries, or we could all make wine from La Crescent. But in the end, it's all going to be a different product because we have different methods by which we ferment. We have different sources for the wines that we're renting. Uh, and the experiences we offer are very different. So um, the tide rises all boats, I guess is how I'd say it. Well, and, and wine is kind of unique in that people want to go out and experience a bunch of different types of wine. I mean, the the wine tours that, that go through on the, the Door County Trolley. Right. Um, people want to go and they want to taste wine from a bunch of different places. I mean, that's how it works in, in other places. But what's kind of unique up here is that, you know, you might be able to go see five wineries in, in Napa, but the time between all of those is so spread out. Whereas up here, it's like, okay, I'm going to do my tasting, then I'm going to get on a trolley, and five minutes later, I'm at the next winery. Yeah, it's to have that concentration is a great thing. I mean, we want to get as many people aware of what we're doing. And if you want to make a trek from, say, Chicago, Milwaukee, or Minneapolis, to know that you can spend one or two days seeing seven or eight different places, that's much more attractive than trying to drive three hours to go to one place. How would you say wine is a little bit different from beer? Um, being in Wisconsin, there are plenty of beer drinkers and people love to drink beer, but it's not quite the same doing a brewery tour versus a winery tour. Yeah. I think in, in both situations, people want an experience. They want to know the story of the product. Uh, but just in terms of the, the category of the product itself, wine, in my view, is more of a food product than anything. You really... In my view, you're supposed to be enjoying it for the purpose of the mouthfeel, the texture, the flavor, the aromatics, and how it relates to the other things that you're enjoying, whether it's food or people that you're situated around. So, you know, there's no doubt that the alcohol content of wine has so appealed to people because it's a relaxant. But really, in the end, I think it's um, something that you should savor and think about. Uh, you don't have to be a connoisseur to appreciate it. But just to, to let it linger, taste it, share notes with each other, share stories over the wine, it's really a communal drink. And it, beer is the same way. But with wine, I think it requires just a little bit deeper thought about what you're experiencing. Would you say that that wine in Wisconsin is, is an industry that's been growing? Yes. Uh, I think I heard in 2014, Wisconsin was second only to California in the number of new wineries that it opened. So when we initially started with Parallel 44, I think there were 30 in the state, and now last count, we have about 110 in the state. So few have really done the big vineyard aspect that we have, but there's growing interest in that, and um, the economic impact of this is great. I mean, this is the epitome of agritourism because you need people to assist in the vineyards, in production, and in marketing. So it really helps, I think, rural communities that are really focused on tourism to sort of continue to remain relevant to the rest of the world because it's going to require the skills and talents of young and old alike to really raise this to an industry that's recognized across the country. Well, and I think two things that are kind of unique about wineries or, or beneficial about wineries up in Door County is, number one, they're 
they're pretty to look at. Yes. So you're driving up Highway 42 and you can look and not only are you seeing the cherry blossoms, but you're also seeing the vineyards and stuff like that. And those are great for people who are driving through. So they add to that. But then you need a team of people to be able to produce your wine. So anybody who's opening up a winery up here is also probably bringing with them 10 or 15 jobs. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a study done, uh, I think it was the Wisconsin uh, Winery Association. If you go to the website, they might indicate the specifics on it, but it's millions of dollars of revenue that are being brought into the state. And it's just amazing how it's such a vertical industry in terms of you really have farming going on. You really have production and equipment necessary that's being manufactured for this industry. And then you have all the people involved from advertising to label creation to hospitality that's involved in basically presenting that product to people. Coming up too, there is the Door County Wine Fest. Right. I believe June 22nd. I think either the 22nd or the 30th. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I recommend just go to the website to find out all the details. We have a new location this time and it's really going to be set up where it's probably not as crowded as in the past. There's more of an atmosphere of really kind of savoring the, the flavor of the wine and you won't have to elbow your way to taste everything. Great. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. Yes. So with that, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, uh, Door 44 has opened up a new building this year. Right. And, and with that are lots of new opportunities and stuff for you guys. So I'm excited to, to dig into that. Yes. But let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll jump in. Sounds good. They call themselves the Stradivarius Builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood, in metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Hankin Island or worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan. And they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2,000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. So, Steve... Door 44 opened up their new building this year. Yes. What necessitated that? And, and tell me a little bit about the story of your, of your new location. Right. It's sort of a multifaceted reason as to why we have relocated. Uh, we opened up the original Door 44 in 2013 with great success. We really got great exposure to people. Uh, we had barrels in the back that were aging wine, but some days it got too crowded. And our mission has always been to give people a story behind the wines. And so we wanted to create a venue where people could really connect with the place. So hence, we um, had a relationship with Andy and Karen Gundrum, who was established this vineyard over eight years ago. We've been purchasing every grape they've grown since that time. And then they approached us about the possibility of, of building a winery at that spot. That was very appealing to Marie and I because we want to give people that experience of seeing wine from ground to glass we want to create a venue, a setting where people can enjoy the wine with each other. And it's very visible right on 42. So there's an existing vineyard there. So it all seemed to come together to make sense to move, you know, basically two miles further north to give that experience that we've been wanting to do so badly. Yeah, needing more room is definitely a good 
problem to have yes. that you guys are doing well and you need to expand. Um, what what sort of what sorts of opportunities does the new building offer you? I mean, you mentioned being there on the vineyard is, is very you know that's a, a great thing to have, but that extra space is going to allow for what? Right. So uh, we still need to place the equipment into the production area, but our production facility will be able to produce at least 150,000 bottles per year, hopefully more over time. Um, and it gives us a location to some of our other growers from Washington Island to that existing vineyard that we now have on our property to uh, another grower on the door in Kiwani County border. So to have more central location, more production capacity, and to give that tour experience to people, this is the perfect venue for that. Yeah, I got to visit it this past week, and it is a really gorgeous space. It's, Thank you. Um, I really love the fact that you could open up the garage doors, or I don't know if you'd call them a garage door, yeah. I guess, when they're, but you can open them and you can, you know, walk in and out, see the vineyard. There's a patio. It's super sunny and bright. Um, and yeah, plenty of space. Yeah, that was the key is to, whether it's nice or not, you can still have a beautiful view of the vineyard uh, from within the building or be out on the patio on a beautiful day. So, and people are invited to, to walk the vineyard and, and take the tours and, and learn the story of the place. So, it's just that the infrastructure is there to do that now. Yeah, I was going to ask about the the visitor experience. You said they can go on a tour and they can see the product and they can also learn the history. Um, but I'm assuming wine tastings and all that kind of stuff. What other types of things are you doing? Um, well, we have uh, tables and benches in there so that people are going to invite it to, to possibly do sit-down tastings in addition to tasting at the, at the tasting bar. Um and also we want, as I said, be able to give tours, whether they're public tours or we have a private tour that could be arranged. Um, we also want to have cheese and bread offerings that people can enjoy that with wine because in the end, like I said, wine is a food product. It's best consumed with a little bit of food with it. Uh, we tend to have music every Saturday, music every Saturday night starting in June. Uh, we'll probably have a harvest fest uh, at the end of September when the harvest commences. And then I think uh, in the slower parts of the year, we'd like to be able to reserve space in this facility for local people, groups, and businesses to get together, to have meetings, and just to, to join together. And uh, it creates that, that great setting for people. So there's a lot of things that we still need to work and uh, develop. Uh, we'd like to do winemaker dinners there, uh, things of that sort. So again, great potential. Um, the best recommendation I can make is to continue to check our website. I mean, we're just trying to get our feet underneath us right now, but Eventually, you know, everything to look forward to for this year and future years should be on that website to check out. You mentioned the the food pairings and stuff like that. Is that something that you're trying to do in-house or have you made, have you set up partnerships with outside, uh, with outside vendors? We have not yet. We would like to do that. I know that at our, pre, our other location, Parallel 44, we have done um, cheese wine pairing. Uh, we've done sort of edutainment get-togethers and we put that offering out there at at that location, we're limited to about 30 people. But I got to say that within 48 hours, those 30 slots are filled up. So we know there's a pent-up demand for that that wine, cheese, or food cheese experience. And uh, I think we've got a great venue to do that. We just have to figure out the logistics yet. And you still have a grand opening celebration coming up too. Right. Uh, we think we're going to have that sometime in June, maybe possibly July. But we want to make sure we have all our T's crossed and I's dotted. So it's a great experience. And that requires getting some more staff here because, as I noted, it gets very busy on Saturdays and we want to make sure that we have that experience that really appeals to everybody. So we continue to looking for staff to, to help us out here. 
I'm just curious. I don't know too much about um, actual growing of vines. What does it take to actually grow and harvest? Yeah, that's one of the things we like to talk about on the tours is that um, when we're growing wine. And so every step that we take in the process of growing that vine is in contemplation of the final product that we're making. So on average, you when you put a vine in the ground, it looks like just a little twig. And the third year you'll have what's considered a semi-mature crop, but it's not to the fourth year that you have a mature crop. And so those first four years are very labor and capital intensive with a lot of money. It's about $10,000 an acre to establish the vineyard. And then you continue to maintain that really from the dead of winter when you're pruning all the way through harvest in late September. So, um, you know, it's a lot of pruning. We call it canopy management. Mm -hmm. And on the tours, we'll tell people about how we sort of sculpt the vine to get us the appropriate number of clusters to make the style of wine that we want. But um, in essence, they look like mini trees. We go through grapevine anatomy and talk about all the parts of the vine and uh, what we're trying to achieve with tending to the vines when we want a final product of the style of wine that we're making. Yeah, that's, that's super interesting. You know, going and tasting wine is one thing, but yeah, being able to go out in the vineyard and see the vines and see them growing and see the grapes right there is pretty cool. Because right, you're not just smashing the grapes into the bottle. There's a whole process there. Right, yeah. It's uh, it's it really the, the, the harvest crush and fermentation season is really confined to about a one to two month period. But through the rest of the year, you know, we're doing a lot of different work in the winery to achieve the flavors that we want. But once harvest is over, as soon as January or February rolls around, we're in the vineyard almost on a daily basis all the way through harvest. So it's kind of like an eight-month-a-year proposition. Awesome. Well, Steve, where can people find out more information about Door 44? Yeah, it's just go to 44wineries.com, and you'll learn information about both places, the different events, the wine offerings that we have, uh, when the tour availability will be. Uh, so just about anything you need to know about us should be on that website. Um, and um, hopefully we can uh, reach out and just find as many people as possible to tell the story through that website too. Cool. Well, I think that that's just about going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much, Steve, for coming on with us. And uh, we're looking forward to the new building and wish you the best of luck for the season. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. For more Door County news, interviews, and exclusive content, check us out at doorcountypulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse available every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast to get new episodes delivered straight to your device twice a week. Thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast.